Yeah, I agree that NRL is the biggest uh, sport in Australia. If you're ear, nose and throat specialist, going to get those cauliflower ears sorted and the broken <laughs> noses. Um, it's getting personal I now. think that um, it's pretty laughable. If you're, if you're living anywhere outside of New South Wales or Queensland, you know that that's just uh, completely inaccurate. Um, they have less participation, less membership uh, for the clubs, less uh, attendance, clearly. I think uh, we average 34,000 a game to just under 20. And, um, and the AFL, uh, I don't think they've got too much to worry about whatsoever. Campbell ground just delivering the knockout blow to Peter Volandis in the argument that uh, push-ahead Peter's Gary and Tim like to call him, or PVL, as now we abbreviate him to. He is great for sport. He's overspruking what the NRL are about to do in America. Uh, it's caused a lot of debate, but that debate's now been finished by our man Campbell Brown, who's been good enough to jump on the line. Brownie, a, a short fight, a good one, but you've finished it, I think, with that uh, nicely planted uppercut. Yeah, look, the three things in an interview that you you know you always need to bring: um, be we well researched, mm. be humorous, <laughs> and be borderline uh, yeah, illiterate, um, <laughs> which is what I bring all three to the table. And, tick, um, tick, boom. <laughs> no, nah, it was good. It was a good fun bit of banter. Brent Tate obviously uh, was on the other side of that from the NRL perspective. Um, I think Peter Volandis is the best sports administrator in the com- in the country. I've been saying for years and years and years what he does with the NRL, what he does with racing in, in Sydney, New South Wales is just absolutely sensational. So um, you've got to have a crack. You've got to put your sport on the map, and uh, he is certainly doing that on both fronts. I used the quote before from George Costanza that it's not a lie if you believe it, and that's the great thing about him. He just goes and sprouts off all these things that, by and large, are factually incorrect, but he believes it. And then, therefore, and, the... the, and so the will the American people. Yes, you know, and the rank and file of the NRL, they'll believe it too. They might go to a game and, uh, and see it and, and you think, oh, gee, wow, look at, you know, look at these guys. They're, they're lunatics. I'm going to follow that sport again. And that's exactly what uh, the intention is. So um, it, was good to, uh, it was good to sort of take the piss out of the NRL because we love doing that. But... Um, I like what they're doing. In particular, I like the place where they're doing it. Vegas, baby! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's your playground. We know that. Um, I'm surprised they haven't got you to be an ambassador for them, even though you've just put one on their chin and put a, told me no uncertain terms where they stand in the pecking order of Australian sport. Given your connections... Though, Peter oh, Blandies <laughs> won't be able to. I don't care if he's at the White House meeting Joe Biden. You put the dog on the ground in Vegas and uh, they'll roll out the red carpet. Where where could you get him to that he might not, you know, what kind of nightclub scene or, uh, you know, upper uh, room in, in a casino could you maybe get him involved in? I think the world needs to see Peter Volandis with no shirt on in <laughs> Calvin Harris's booth at Wet Republic. Don't you reckon? Oh, that would complete the trip. Could you that imagine? might be where it finishes. So after the game, they all go back and then he signs off as you just did on the Today Show or Sunrise, uh, and that's where we crossed to Pete for the final word on a successful expedition over to the US. Yeah, I could get in there with a fedora on, you, you know, no worries, <laughs> wristband, it'd be great. Yeah, Sonny's inside, of course. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, mate, let's just turn our attention, please, to the, the question that I think everyone's asking. Why is uh, the dog panting uh, as we speak to you right now? What are you doing? I'm, I'm um, 11 k's into a 20k sort of walk jog around the tan this afternoon. I'm just building up my endurance for uh, for a big mountain climb in in December. Um, I head over to Argentina to climb 
uh, Mount Aconcagua, uh, which is one of the seven summits. It's it's 7,000 metres, and um, I've recruited uh, Tony Woods, the former number 30 at, uh, at Hawthorne, who um, handed the jumper down to me. Uh, Tommy Little, who will bring the, the humour, I hope, on the expedition when yes. times are tough. We'll just uh, rely on a couple of gags from him and a couple of uh, couple of other mates of mine um, that we're, we're going to go over and try and conquer Mount Aconcagua. So I'm, I'm just getting the caves in, mate. I'm feeling fit and strong and... Um, Mountains don't climb themselves. You've got to put the work in. So that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, how dangerous an expedition is this, Brandy? It sounds well, like a great trip. It sounds like it's going to be a one almighty trip. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, I think its nickname is Death Mountain. Um, hmm. So I, I suppose if you don't respect the mountain um, and you know you, you don't uh, go about it the right way with the right amount of preparation, the right tour guides and and everything, then it can be pretty dangerous. But, um, yeah, we're, we're certainly uh, making sure we're fit, and fit as a fiddle, got the right um, safety equipment, got the right people that have done it, you know, thousands of times before. So, mate, we will summit. There's no doubt about that. So it's like Mount Martha, you're telling me, in comparison. <laughs> it's very similar, very similar. just takes a little longer. I had someone once tell me that if I was a mountain, I'd be Mount Disappointment, and, and that, that seemed... <laughs> A bit harsh, but I took it on board. Uh, good luck with that. That sounds extraordinary. Um, I, I wonder how similar the tan will be to the mountain that you're about to go up <laughs> and what you can take from the tan to help you in your uh, ascent. But we'll find yeah, out. Certainly, I don't think they'll be providing me with a extra hot uh, cafe latte with one sugar from the Gilson as I um, walk along um, you know, the, the trek at Aconcagua. But... Um, yeah, it won't be as populated either, but that's okay. Can we just have a quick chat about Cox Plate Carnival? So tonight, Mooney Valley, Mooney Valley Gold Cup, Luna Flair, the fave, and then the Manicato tomorrow, Imperatrice, the favourite there, and then the big one, the Cox Plate, Romantic Warrior, the fave. I, I reckon the Cox Plate, it is like golf in that there's majors, and this is a major like tennis as well, but I reckon this one's got the added bonus of being a bit like the FedEx Cup Championship, Brownie. It's, it gets to the best 30 players uh, of the year. There's no duds in the field and you look at there's, I think there's only one or two horses that don't have a group one. There's group ones everywhere you look uh, and the best horses in the country. It is an incredible race. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm really excited. I mean, as good as Winx was when she won her four and things like that, we all went to the racetrack sort of knowing the result yeah. in a way, um, which was breathtaking and, and unbelievable. But this you know, this Cox Plate comes with a real level of anticipation because I legitimately think there's five or six genuine chances. Um, I've ended up, I tossed and turned. Like I've been saying to, to Dwayne for the last five weeks, West Wind blows in the Caulfield Cup was just a standout. We nearly got the chockies there. I just knew like a long way out that it would run well. This Cox Plate, I've ummed and ahed and I've, you know, there's the, the Hong Kong Galloper that uh, is the favourite. Um, you know, Zaki, I think he's over the odds. Um, but I've ended up landing on Militarise. And I, yes. I, just, I wouldn't put a line through the Guineas run because I thought the Guineas run was outstanding considering the horse missed the start, got back to second last. Mm. But it was absolutely trucking towards the end of that mile. And if you watched it when it goes past the post, you know, poor old Joe Marira nearly had his arms pulled out of his sockets trying to pull the horse up. Um, and that, to me, showed that uh, you know this horse, you know with 49.5 kilos on the back, um, Zachy Lloyd riding good barrier and 
should be fairly prominent in the running. I think it'll run a really strong 2,000, you know, with that lightweight. So $8, uh, maybe eight fifty, is a, a really good each-way bet for militarise. Um, and I think it's a cracking Cox plate. Yeah, and that, that Guineas run was after winning the, the Golden Rose in, in Sydney, a, a Group 1. And when you look around everywhere else, Romantic Warrior obviously is the buzz horse. Uh, as you say, the Hong Kong champion, three Group 1s, fourth in the Turnbull. That was behind Gold Trip. Alligator Blood's a seven-time Group 1. I mean, a Gold Trip... All the talk going into the core field about should they pull Gold Troop out and then just focus on the Cox Plate because Ma Eustace seen what they want to try and do with Gold Troop, what they wanted to do with Russian Camelot a couple of years ago and, and try to take down all three. What did you think of the Caulfield Cup run and would that deter uh, deter you from um, from people who are keen on Gold Troop? Absolutely not. Caulfield Cup run was as good as you could have mm. hoped for without winning it. Um, and very similar preparation to... What we saw with Gold Trip last year, around a bottler in the, the Caulfield Cup, came out was absolutely huge again in in the Cox Plate, and then obviously came out and won the Melbourne Cup. So um, same prep, uh, you know. I think it'll run well. I'm not going to tip it, but um, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if it did get the job done and should should just you know really get it to perfect condition for uh, the 3200 of, of Melbourne Cup day in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and Mr. Brightside seems to be the forgotten horse all of a sudden after a couple of weeks ago. You couldn't look at a, any conversation or read any article or listen to anything or watch anything. And Mr. Brightside wasn't sort of the top of the agenda, but maybe just sneaking under the radar a little. Absolutely. I mean, this horse won the All-Star Mile at the Valley, jumping out of, out of the same gate. Uh, it's won three from four at the track. And, you know, you, you could, if you wanted to be really picky, just say, it's run uh, 2,000 before and, and never been in the placings, you know, on a couple of occasions. But um, another horse that's just absolutely flying. Is it? Is it just a miler? Maybe. But, um, you know, if, if the race is run to suit, it'll certainly be flying um, very, very hard late and it might get over the top. Uh, anything else you want to tip us into for either tonight, Brownie, or tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a few that I like. Um, we'll start with tonight because... Um, Peter Moody uh, and Catherine Coleman have one that's pretty short. Like um, it was about even money when I looked at this horse last night. Into dollar seventy five. That's race five, number three. She dances. Um, Linda Meach riding. Drawn barrier two. Should jump and, and lead. Really, really good win at a price uh, last start at Caulfield. And um, I reckon it, it, she certainly warrants to be uh, that price. Um, if you if you're desperate for a play in the Manicado, which you know it's a Group One, it's an exciting race that is now run on the Saturday, not tonight. Um, obviously, Imperatrice should be winning that uh, at a really short price, but um, I'd like to run a Exactor Imperatrice to win, so number six to win, and number two Bonos Notchos, the Matty Smith runner, that um, that's a very very good horse, and uh, and will be you know coming really hard late to run second so that might you know that we might get four bucks or something about that and then um if we look uh to new south wales there's, there's good racing tomorrow as well up at randwick um really good race called the invitation um it's race eight i'm going with a horse um had a bit of a price parasail uh the, the godolphin runner seven dollars fifty can't knock the form um this time in first second second hasn't been too far away and um, has drawn another really good gate. Regan Bayless rides should be, you know, leading, if not just outside the leader. 
uh, there does appear to be some good speed in the race. So he can take um, a sit wherever he wants. And 750, I reckon, is, is a massive overs for that horse. So hopefully um, we can get a couple of winners because the form on Dwayne's world has been pretty solid. We we got beaten a lip last week um, with Waterford at 10 to 1. And, and then obviously West Wind Blows went under. So we... We didn't quite get the money, which we would have liked last week, but um, we'll butter ourselves up and, and go again. Brownie, you're, you're, no doubt about you, if you're not uh, fighting the good fight for the AFL against the NRL and finishing it for mine, uh, you're tipping winners uh, for Mooney Valley and then you're preparing as you do that to go about 22,000 feet, uh, sort of pretty much straight up uh, a mountain in Argentina. You're, you're a star, well, my friend. You only get one life, uh, and that's you just got to live it to the absolute fullest. So that's how we roll, and um, I don't expect to slow down anytime soon. Words to live Unless by. I get slowed down by someone <laughs> or something. Words to live by, Brownie. Enjoy. Au revoir.